This is Beth Bruno, and you're listening to the Fierce and Lovely Podcast. On this podcast, I amplify the feminine voice and curate feminine glory so that you, my listener, find your own fierce and lovely story. It has become somewhat of a sacred journey for me to uncover the stories of women from around the world throughout time and present day. The more fierce and lovely women I explore, the more I fall in love with the one in whose image we reflect. My hope is that in this space, you embrace your own beautifully ordinary life as the majority story most of us are living. Well, hello, and welcome back to the Fierce and Lovely podcast. If you're tuning in on the day this airs, I'm in the air somewhere between Germany and Kenya. I'll be in Nairobi for two weeks with Restoration Project, bringing father-son and mother-daughter experiences to an international school and church. I've never been to Sub-Sahara Africa, and to say I'm excited is an understatement. Regulars, you know how I feel about travel, history, and women. Well, there's been a lot going on since Christmas, and I have failed to get you another city guide. Usually, I share about one woman in the guide on the show prior to its release. Well, in exchange for your grace, I promise to bring back some recordings with women I meet in Kenya. But on this show today, I want to do a few things. First, I want to share with you some thoughts on volunteer or mission type trips. And then I want to share with you about one woman in Kenya that I've already been learning about. Having lived overseas and received numerous such teams, I have feelings. So let me start there. First of all, I want to talk about things to be aware of if you're going to be hosted by expats in country. So you're going over as a volunteer or on a mission type trip, and the individuals who are hosting and leading your time there are other foreigners, whether they are from your own country or just not from the country that you are visiting. So they are also expats. And I want to say, first of all, to remember that this is tiring to them. You are not the first, nor will you be the last trip um, that they host. And so while what you might be bringing, either an experience or um, teaching or possible future dollars and investment, they've deemed it worth the sacrifice, it's still usually not as life-giving as you would hope that it would be to, to come visit. So I just want you to remember that. Number two, bring gifts from home. So oftentimes these are fun food items that you know they'll love that are not sold in country. Um, If you're visiting other Americans, often that is chocolate chips and maple syrup and granola and things like that. Uh, Don't bring coffee. Chances are you're going to a place that has great coffee. Um, Even chocolate typically can be found, but our Nestle semi-sweet chips, not so much. So bring some gifts from home. Offer to take them out to dinner or go out to dinner on your own so that they aren't expected to cook for you every single night. And in that vein, try to be as independent as you possibly can. Uber exists almost all over the world now. You can do it. You can get around. They don't need to drive you everywhere. You've got this. 
prior to going, ask what is appropriate culturally. So yes, of course, what should you wear? What should you pack clothing wise? But other things that you might not think about, like when I lived in Turkey, um, we were constantly telling American groups to be quiet. They, we typically are so much louder than other cultures and we talk loudly in groups. So whether we're on a bus or whether we're in a restaurant or wherever we are out in public, when there's a lot of us, we tend to be loud. And that is often not how things are in the city that you're visiting. So make sure you're asking your host what is appropriate before you visit. And then lastly, ask your host for movie and book recommendations of that culture. So books and movies written by, produced by um, locals so that you can begin to learn a little bit more about what, what you're entering into so that you have a posture of learning before you even step foot on the ground. So those are just a few quick thoughts on things to be aware of if you're being hosted by expats. Here are some things to be aware of if you're being hosted by locals. Um, First of all, money is a thing. Like it or not, um, whether you consider yourself to be wealthy or not, in all other parts of the world, if you're coming from the States or just from a Western country, you have dollar signs like written all over you. It's just a reality. We are wealthy compared to almost everyone else in the world. And so even if our local hosts are believers and they're, they're doing a good work and they know you're not coming to invest in the project and they, they know they're humble and they have the very best intentions, they still see you and see dollar signs. And so try and find out from a trusted insider what is expected of you. Are tips expected? Well, how much is fair and not ridiculous? Um, So so often we give a tip and we think we're blessing them, but we're giving them an entire month's salary and wages, and it just messes with everything. And it oftentimes messes with the relationship that the expat and the local have with one another when you leave. So ask from a trusted insider what's expected. And then I just want to encourage you to offer things that are not already offered in country. Um, There are local experts there in, in trade, in labor, even in teaching. And so if you're being asked to come in and offer a specific, um, thing, a specific service, Go ahead and offer that, of course, but just be mindful of how can you be training someone to to replicate what you're doing so that when you leave, it's all sustainable. So for instance, Restoration Project is going to do a father-son base camp for boys, a father-son camp, but only agreed to do it if a bunch of um, apprentices would join so that they could learn, um, get their hands dirty, and model the same camp next year so that we are not being asked to come back over and over again. So how can you have that posture when you're being hosted by locals? The last thing I want to talk about are just a few thoughts on how to travel through a storied lens. What do I mean by that? Well, if you've followed me at all, you know that that's how I explore cities, is looking for the story of women. But there are stories everywhere, aren't there? Um, so what are what's the history? What are the dynamics of this country or of this city that you're visiting? For example, in Nairobi, we'll be visiting Karen Blixen's house that has now become a museum. Well, she is the one who wrote Out of Africa. And the entire community we're staying in is actually named after her. And it's a large expat community. And it represents the era of colonialism. I mean, it was a British colony until 1962, 67. See, I'm still learning. 
Um, so what are the dynamics of Karen Blixen's house? Um, our hosts want to take us there, and it is a national museum, but what might it also represent to Kenyans? Well, I want to discover that. I want to find out more. Also, Nairobi is a young city. Um, it's less than 120 years old or so, and it was actually built as a railroad pit stop um, for the British Railway. And so it's it's cosmopolitan, it's diverse, in many ways it's the hub of all of East Africa, and yet it's a new city and it was a British colonized city. So what does that mean? Um, is there a unified culture of Kenyans in Nairobi or not? Well, I don't want to go in and assume that there is. And so I'm going to be asking a lot of questions and just try and be mindful of that reality. And then also there are stories of women for sure. And so take some time to do a little bit of research before you enter into uh, the place that you're visiting and try and find the women who's right there now doing good work. And how can you visit their businesses, their shops, their restaurants, um, their parks to learn more? So do a little bit of research before you go so that you can find the story of women in the place that you visit. And on that note, I want to tell you a little bit about one woman I'm learning about. Her name is Wangari Matai. Well, Wangari passed away in 2011, but she is fondly remembered for founding the Green Belt Movement and winning the Nobel Peace Prize. She was the first woman in East and Central Africa to earn a doctorate degree. And in 1977, to both help rural women economically and reduce the impact of deforestation, she started the Greenbelt Movement. And over the course of time, they planted between 20 and 30 million trees. I've been reading different numbers uh, on their home, church, and school properties. And she provided 30,000 jobs for women. She has a slew of awards and multiple books, one of which I'll be reading on the long plane rides. And I just wanted to read a few things that I found about her from biography, which I'll cite in the show notes. One of her most famous actions was in 1989. Matai and her organization staged a protest in Nairobi's Yuru Park to prevent the construction of a skyscraper. Her campaign drew international attention and the project was eventually dropped. The place in the park where she demonstrated became known as Freedom Corner. I hope to go there when we visit Nairobi next week. Uh, She's known for saying that giving up would have given pleasure to the enemy, so I never gave up. Not quite sure who she's referring to as her enemy, but I cannot wait to find out in her memoir. And uh, this is all particularly fun for me because in my book, A Voice Becoming, my friend Tamara, who lives in Kenya, wrote about taking her daughter to one of Matai's parks and how she wove together Psalm 40 and um, her memoir to talk to her daughter about peace and perseverance. So I just love that I've I've known about this woman for years years since Tamara first contributed to A Voice Becoming, and now I get to experience some of her legacy. So stay tuned. I'll be talking more about Kenyan women in upcoming shows. And there you have it, a few thoughts on how to travel with humility and how to have eyes to see the story of a place. Don't forget to subscribe to bethbruno.org forward slash subscribe to find out um, all things on Fierce and Lovely Women. And you can find me on Instagram at Fierce Lovely or Beth H. Bruno. Thanks for listening to the Fierce and Lovely Podcast.